This is Doing Daily. I'm your host, Jonathan Stark, and today I am joined by daily emailer Ant Pugh. Check it out. Ant, welcome to the show. Hi, Jonathan. How are you doing? Excellent. So for folks who are just hearing your name for the first time, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, so um, my name's Ant Pugh, and I am by trade an, an instructional designer. So that's, that's somebody who creates training. Uh, but my main focus now is on teaching others. And uh, my, my positioning statement, if you like, like is um, I, I um, help frustrated uh, instructional designers uh, graduate from um, unfulfilled learning designers to, uh, sorry, unfulfilled um, order takers to high value business partners. It's quite a, a new positioning statement. So as you can see, I'm still getting my head around it. I like it. It's very clear. It gives me Rolodex moments. So, okay. So that I'm assuming that's the intended audience for your daily list. Is that true? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So when they come to your signup page and they, you know, they hear of your list, they go to the signup page, they're like, yeah, I think I want to hear more or at least learn more about this. What's the promise that you make to them on the page? Like if you invite me into your uh, inbox five, six, seven days a week, uh, you can expect to get some, some outcome, some benefit. What is that promise that you make? Uh, is it's basically to help them um, create high value training or, or uh, I call it training that matters, which is a bit kind of wishy-washy, but uh, kind of just to give you some real, real kind of high level background, most, and as I'm sure you know, most training out there, you know, we're talking about kind of corporate training. So your, your kind of three-day workshops or your, your um, you know, 45-minute e-learning courses that, that, that a lot of the companies put out for their employees. Um, is trying to help people who create that type of training move from just creating content that ticks boxes to actually creating solutions that solves business problems. So it's it's about helping these uh, professionals go from uh, order takers into you know business partners. Perfect, excellent. Well, thank you for that context. Um, with that said, let's jump back to the beginning. When did you start doing daily email? Uh, it was July the second, twenty twenty one. So almost a third, well, thirteen months ago. Cool. All right. Great. And did you start out going seven days a week? Yep, I started seven days a week. I mean, I had been doing um, like a weekly email for about eighteen months before that. Mm-hmm. Um, but around the same time as I started going daily, I really got very clear on my audience and my kind of value proposition. So it kind of aligned quite nicely with that. Great. And why did you decide to up the volume, up the frequency of the mailing list? Um, mainly because of, of you and from you know hearing ha- how much it's transformed your business. And it made a lot of sense. I mean, I, before having done daily emails, I was doing a lot of YouTube videos and I love creating content and I love creating consistent content. And I always had a, a desire to create daily YouTube videos, but I just never got to the point where I felt... Uh, it, it was just too much work, the, the, the amount of production, the amount of video set up, scripting ideas, all the rest of it. And, and with writing, um, you, you know, you can do it on your phone. You can do it whilst you're, you know, sitting on the train. You can do it whilst you're lying on your nursery floor and your two-year-old screaming. You know, there, there's there's things that you can do to kind of move the needle forwards on your daily emails, which doesn't require, a you know, a studio with lighting and, and all the rest of it. So, um it, it just was a very low friction way to get into creating daily content. Were you nervous about it at all? Or did you have reservations about going, you know, making a public commitment to be publishing so much, uh, so much writing? 
Yeah, I mean, I've done a lot of research. I've listened to, obviously, yourself talk about it a lot. Philip Morgan has talked about it a lot. And um, I had a couple of other friends who had, had tried it. So I, I'd, you know, I'd done my research. And when I started, I actually, I think my first email was called A Little Experiment. And I, and I, I committed to doing 30 days. And I said, look, I'm going to try this for a month. We'll see how it goes. And yeah, that, that month was, was wildly successful. And, and um, I just, just carried on from there. Well, what kind of success, what benefits have you gotten in the slightly over a year that you've been doing it? Um, so the, the, the benefits, are, I think they're far more internal than external. So um, I've actually made a little list here. I think the number one benefit, and it's a bit kind of uh, woo-woo, but it's, um, it's amazing to every day get into, the, into a flow state. So for that one hour, one and a half hours or whatever that I'm writing, I'm fully in the zone and I'm kind of, I'm just, um, it's a bit like Stephen Pressfield talks about in, in the war of art, which I, I think you've read, um, mm -hmm. which is all about, you know, um, letting the, the ideas come through you. So you're almost like a vessel and you're, you know, you're sitting there putting pen to paper and, and you're just getting yourself into a very present mindful state. And I, I kind of don't think about it too much. I, I, I you know, the, the idea will come to me at some point, you know, might maybe a couple of weeks before or, or that day, usually that day. But then in that moment that I'm writing, I'm just in a very present flow state. And that's a really, it's not until I get to the end of it and I, I click, you know, click send or click schedule. And you kind of come out of that feeling very energized and, uh, uh, and, and like, you know, like you've actually achieved something that day. So that's probably the first benefit. I've got a few more if you want me to just kind of list them out. Please do. I also do want to get back to the the tactics and the mechanics of how you produce it. But, so I'll, but I'll hold that thought. So what are some other benefits that you have? Yeah, so I've got them listed here. Deeper thinking about fundamental concepts. Obviously, when you're writing every day, you're constantly thinking about this stuff. And when you write about a topic... Uh, it forces you to think through the topic very carefully and that leads off into different avenues and, and what you think is going to start off as one email suddenly turns into four emails because you realize there's four little nuances that, that actually that can make, you know, you, you don't want to over, over, over egg it in one email. Um, improved ability to articulate complex topics. You get feedback on your ideas. Uh, I get clarity on where my passions lie. So what I'm doing is I'm kind of categorizing each of my emails with with tags so i can look back and see patterns on oh you know there's a very obvious trend i'm talking about certain things a lot more than other things which is it, it sounds silly because you, you know it's, it's your own stuff but it's <laughs> it's quite funny to see you know just just trends where i'm you know wow i'm talking about this a lot more than i i thought i i would do um obviously obvious um things like being a, a better writer you know i look at my uh, blog posts from two or three years ago and and i see so many kind of um grammatical faux pas that i, I would never make now and, and just just generally being a better writer i think um new relationships with subscribers opportunities to speak at events and podcasts um yeah that's that's my list great fabulous all right, so let's get back to let's get back to the the mechanics. So it sounds like you're the type to actually do the writing every day and send it like that day or the next morning or something. Or are, are you more like uh, are you writing every day but then scheduling them for later? How does that work for you? Yeah, pretty much write every day. Um, there are times when, um, like I said, if I if I write an email and I realize as I'm writing it this is actually two or three emails. I might just 
carry on and bang out two or three in a row. And then I'll schedule them for the, the, the subsequent days. Mm-hmm. Um, I always send my emails at 5 p.m. every day. So I schedule them for 5 p.m. that day. And the only reason I do that is because I've ha- I just I, I felt that having that consistency of popping up in somebody's email box, in, inbox at the same time every day gives them some, some kind of subconscious feeling that, wow, this guy is, you know, he's like a metronome. He, he's there when he says he will be. Um, and I, I have missed that a few times, actually. There have been days when I've been frantic and I haven't written my email and I suddenly, you know, I won't send it till 10 p.m. or something like that. Um, but that's very rare. I'd say it's only happened kind of probably less than 10 times out of nearly 400 emails. So, um, yeah, pretty consistent. Wow. So you, you made a quick reference to this earlier, but how long does it take you to write an email? So, so to the Writing an email um, takes me about, it, 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 it depends. So I think there's two ways that I write an email. Uh, there's a successful way and a less successful way. The successful way is I'll figure out what I'm going to write about in my head before I even sit down to write. And I get really clear on what the purpose of the email is and what, what, what the point, right? Every single email has to have one point that you really focus on. When I actually figure that out before I sit down to write, writing usually only takes me anything from 45 minutes to an hour. Then there's other times when I'll sit down and I've got a vague idea. Actually, just talking this through with you is really helpful. <laughs> it helped me clarify that, that that's actually uh, you know a bit of a barrier. But um, yeah, when I sit down and write and I don't have a really clear idea of the point of the email, I know the topic, I know roughly what I'm going to talk about, but I haven't kind of got to the point yet. It can take me like a couple of hours because I'm kind of, I'm writing around it a little bit. So, um, but yeah, the, the, I would I would say an hour to, to bang it out. But then I'm because I'm tr- what I'm trying to really do is improve my creative storytelling, and, and I'm trying to make them funny and engaging. And this is a bit of my perfectionist personality coming out. Sometimes they take me two hours because I'll spend another hour editing it, adding jokes, kind of trying to make it funny and flowery. And and that's I'm I'm giving myself permission to do that because I'm seeing this as a kind of um, a creative, a creative practice as well. So I'm not kind of, if I really wanted to be very kind of um, uh, rigid about it, I could, I could definitely do it in an hour. So it's, you see it as a self part partially as self-improvement. It's not just marketing your business. Yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I, I feel like I've developed a, a skill now and, and I have a lot of comments, people saying that, you know, they really enjoy reading. They think I'm a really good writer now, which is really nice to hear. Um, but, and, and I guess what I'm, I'm eventually kind of spiraling towards is, is taking this and, uh, and, and I mean, the, the, yeah, I'm sorry, I'll get off on the tangent. The reason, uh, just going back to that comment about the, the, the writing, whenever I write, read books about the subject matter that I talk about, there's some fantastic books out there, but they're so boring. Like you read them and they're just dry and theoretical. And so I don't see why there's any reason why any business book or any you know, nonfiction book needs to be badly written or boring and doesn't need to be, you know, a, a, a joy to read. And so, um, you know, I'm really focusing on whatever I eventually write, whether it's a book or a, an ebook or, or whatever pro- products I put out there, I really want them to be, you know, a pleasure to read, whether you're, you're somebody who's actually going to benefit from the material or, or is actually just going to, you know, read it from a kind of, you know, a, you know from an enjoyment perspective. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm trying to trying to give myself that space to, to do that. Your future readers thank you in advance. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. 
So now, is there a time of day that you try to write? It sounds like things can can get a little hectic. Uh, of course, life intervenes. But is there a time that you try to write? And how, you know, like what's that sweet spot for you? And how often are you able to stick to it? Yeah, when when I'm um, when my when my so I got two little kids and I've got a, a one year old who's not a very good sleeper. So um, my my when my when my routine is organized and everyone's sleeping. I'm pretty much getting up at five in the morning and banging it out, you know, between five and six in the morning. Um, there are times when I'll wake up, um, like my, you know, I might get woken up in the night at two o'clock and, and I'm totally awake or there's times when actually I'll just wake up. Um, it's, it's weird. Sometimes I just wake up at two o'clock in the morning and it's almost like the idea just pings into my head. I'll just <laughs> suddenly think, think like, wow, like there's, or well, you know, I'll be in the shower or something. It always, it always happens when you're, you're not kind of expecting it. But right. what I do is I'll just make a note on my phone. Well, I actually might usually make a note on my watch. So I've got the drafts app on my Apple watch. Mm-hmm. I'll just make a, a two or three word note. So I don't wake my wife up. Uh, um, or if, if I'm wide awake, I'll jump up and grab my phone and I'll just start sketching out the email there and then. Um, and sometimes I can hammer it out within, you know, half an hour, just, you know, whilst I'm, I'm, I'm on the sofa with my phone, sometimes I'll just sketch out a structure and then I'll, when I get onto my computer, you know, first thing in the morning, I'll, I'll just, I'll just smash it out. And I like to get it done first because then the rest of the day can be focused on the kind of client work, which is less creative. You need to be less, I, I feel like I, I need my, I need energy to write these emails. So if I, I've done it before where I've left it till three, four or five in the afternoon, and my energy's dipped and, and I really struggle to kind of find the motivation to be enthusiastic about it. So yeah, that first thing in the first thing in the morning really helps me. Wow. That's great. That's good to know. So let's, can you paint a little bit more of a picture for the listener about, it sounds like you're kind of nomadic and you do, you do the, a lot of the idea capture on your phone, which gives you a lot of freedom and flexibility to, you know, be, you know, have a, a kid asleep in your lap and type out an email with your thumb and one hand, you know, how is there, uh, do you have a preferred method or you kind of don't care? You just, you just have your phone, you'll capture the idea. Um, you know, what software device combinations are your, your maybe top three favorite combinations and, and where do you use them? What's your posture of using those? Yeah, so I use the Drafts app uh, on Mac, uh, well, on my Apple Watch to capture just two words, three word ideas that just like will give me enough of an uh, of an indication of what that topic's going to be about. That syncs with my phone and my 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 computer. So um, if I'm you know with with child, I'll I'll be on my phone maybe, and I'll I'll just kind of um, uh, sketch it out on my phone. Um, if but usually what I'll do is I'll get the idea in, in drafts and then I jump on my laptop and I'll either write it there and then in ConvertKit. So I actually just use the, the browser just to write it out. Or if it's an idea that I want to save for later, I've got a Notion database. So I drop it into a Notion database with all my email ideas and I've got hundreds of ideas in there now and I very rarely get back to them actually because I usually write about what's on my mind from that day but it can be useful just to dip into now and again just to see different analogies that I've come up with and different topics that I've thought about and I think most of them I'll probably delete at some point but it's nice having that that backlog just to, to refer to just in case there are there definitely are days probably once a week when I when I get to write my email I'm thinking right what am I going to write about today I actually don't have anything front of mind and I can just dip into that backlog if, if I need to, to, to come up with an idea. 
Mm. I'll write the email all in ConvertKit, which probably isn't the the most um, enjoyable writing experience, but um, yeah, it just just works for me. What what do you like or dislike about ConvertKit? Have you tried any other tools like that for the actual sending, or is that you know what what can you tell folks about that experience? Yeah, I think when I first started an email list like five six years ago, I was using Drip, but it was far too kind of um, too much for what I needed. And then when I started again a couple of years ago, ConvertKit just seemed to be much more geared towards kind of um, solo um, kind of solopreneurs, you know, independent writers, bloggers. So um, I don't have much to compare it against, but it does everything I need it to, which is, is you know, I, I, with this, you just want something kind of relatively simple. Um, it seems seems pretty reliable. Um, yeah, I haven't got too much to say about it because I haven't got, uh, I haven't got a huge amount of, uh, of um, experience in, in other platforms. Okay. Is there anything in term, anything else that we haven't touched on that you use to actually get the list published? We've talked about a couple of different pieces of software, but do you have any automation or do you have a VA or any other kinds of outsourcing that, that you use to, to publish the daily message? You know, does it also go to Twitter or LinkedIn or medium or, you know, do you do that manually or, or is it scheduled or automated? Anything like that, that, that you also do? No, so I don't um, currently know, um, and we can elaborate on this if that's uh, interesting to you. But um, one of the, the, the disadvantages I'm, or one of the challenges I'm having with daily emails is that the amount of time I spend doing it, so an hour, an hour or two every day, has really limited my ability to promote the list. So to do things like set up automations for it to go out to to these um, social channels. Um, it, so w what I'm struggling with actually at the moment is list growth because so much of my energy is put into uh, and, and in some ways this was strategic. So I, when I when I started this this daily email thing, I, I kind of my my focus really was on trying to um, really um, focus on the people who are already um, list members. So I think I already had about seven or eight hundred when I kind of got decided to start daily. Um, and I was, my focus was rather than just try and grow it exponentially by going out and, you know, shouting about it with all this social media stuff, I was thinking, right, let's try and, um, really, you know, build true fans out of the people who are already subscribed. And that was kind of my strategy really just to try and delight those people. Um, and, and the list is, you know, is, is dub, kind of doubled in size since then, but it's not been, the growth has been quite slow and, and very kind of, um, yeah, I, I could do a lot more to to get it out there with with that automation type stuff. Um, so that's definitely something I'd like to do. And ConvertKit isn't great actually for that. I mean, I use Squarespace for my website, which probably isn't the best platform to to use when it comes to um, publishing. And it's quite a clunky process to get the email. In fact, for a long time it didn't even work. But but writing the email um, in Squarespace and then you publish it as a blog post and then the email appears in convert kit and you can set it to automatically post but it, it's, it's a bit clunky because then if you put things like um if you want to include offers in the ps you have to put that in the blog post as well which doesn't look very tidy so i've actually dis disregarded that and i publish in um convert kit and then convert kit gives you a a web page with all of the published emails on so i actually use that to share links to specific emails which is annoying because 
those aren't on my website. So if somebody clicks on one of those emails, they're not going to be able to see any, not that I have any products yet, but they're not going to see, they're not going to my website. They're going to a ConvertKit website. So I've got to, I think probably what I'll do is, is transition across to WordPress and, and get that all fixed. But um, it's, yeah, it's definitely a, there's a technical barrier there, technical limitation, which for somebody who's trying to focus on his craft and focus on delivering value, that's a, a real headache for me. Understood. Yeah. It's, it's, there's room for some optimization, but like you said, it's a strategic decision to create fans out of the people you already had. So uh, there's a few things you touched on there that I'm going to come back to, but for the moment, I'd love to pivot a little bit and uh, talk about the content itself. You said it, you said a couple times that it, it takes you, you know, if you really held yourself to it, it'd take an hour. Sometimes it takes two hours if you let your perfectionism come out. How long are these messages on average, you know, say in word count or how long it would take to read one? Um, well, yeah, I'd say they're like mini blog posts, really. They're probably not as short as yours uh, most of the time. Um, and I'm, I'm recognizing that actually the shorter, the better. I think when I first started, I, I thought they had to all be like a blog post. Um, but I, a, a lot of responses that I get, people saying, you know, I love these because they're short and I can just quickly read them, you know, and it doesn't, doesn't take me a long time. Um, I think each one I would say, I don't know from a word count perspective, but is probably 10 to 12 paragraphs, like short, I write short paragraphs. So it's not like um, big, long kind of book style paragraphs, but um, yeah, it's, it's, I'd say a page or two of a, of a website. So probably take you five minutes if you actually sat and, and, and concentrated reading it. Got it. Okay, and you mentioned briefly tagging PSs onto the email. So how often do you promote paid things in your messages, like things that you sell, not other people? Uh, very rarely, um, because I actually don't have any products of my own. Again, another, but another challenge I'm currently facing is that because this is taking so much of my time and my energy, and I'm happy doing it, but I'm acknowledging that that my, you know, all my spare time for, for this, which is what, what is essentially a side hustle currently. It's not actually bringing in, I'm doing a bit of coaching, but it's not bringing in much of the revenue for me. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, I very rarely promote products. The times that I have done, um, having a daily email list is brilliant because it doesn't feel sleazy in any way to drop something in the PS saying, even if I was to do it every day, which I, you know, I probably wouldn't do, but even if I was to do that, the fact that you're delivering value and then dropping something in at the end saying, by the way, did you know that this product might help you achieve this goal that we're talking about here? Uh, I feel like it's a, it's the perfect way to sell because you're every day you're, you're delivering value and then occasionally dropping in this, you've got five. Well, for me, I've got five opportunities every, every week to sell basically. So um, if I was to sell three of those five, it doesn't feel forced. Whereas when I was doing weekly, if I was to write a weekly email, you know, I might be thinking, well, I want to actually have two opportunities to sell this week, but I'm only going to be writing one email. So if I send another email, which is just talking about my product, that feels really forced. Right. Yeah. So, okay. Um, well, yeah. So that that's that's great perspective. So now, do you ever have you ever used like affiliate links or paid placement or ads or you know ways to to bring in money from other people to kind of like expose your list to to other people or partners? Yeah, I made a decision a while ago um, to not do affiliates just because I felt like it might um, tarnish my brand in some way. I just felt like if I if I was the guy and a lot of my kind of not competition, but people who I see out there doing a similar kind of thing, they do seem to do affiliates. And I'm sure it's a good way to make make some extra cash. But I figured for the 
amount of work involved with setting it all up and the amount of benefit I potentially was going to, going to, you know, um, receive, it might just, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to do anything that kind of um, made people think he's just talking about this because he wants to sell it. Even if it was just a, a small percentage of, of um, like an inkling that that might be the case. Um, but having said that, I did once talk at a conference where they offered me um, a cut of, um, affiliate sales if I if I any if I drove anyone to the conference. So I did in that instance share a, an affiliate link to register at the conference. And I made a decent chunk of money. Um I say decent chunk of money, you know, a couple of grand, which was a real surprise to me. I wasn't wasn't expecting anything. And um I was the highest I was the highest um grossing um affiliate at the conference apparently because I had a, an email list of um, whatever it was, fifteen hundred people at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, who had, you know, maybe three or four hundred of them had actually gone away and, and purchased the, the, a ticket to the conference. So it does work. Um, but yeah, I just, I just, I think I'm just quite happy to look for other opportunities to make money through my list. Mm. Well, it sounds like, it sounds, well, based on that story, the people on your list are super engaged. Um, how often do you look at things like open rates or other analytics like click throughs or uh, new subscribers? Do you spend a lot of time looking at that or is it just like, you just notice it from time to time because of the dashboard of ConvertKit. it's in your face so you see it every day so my open rate is i think it's 47 48 percent something like that um and, and then I, I definitely keep my eye on clicks because if i i i, I spend a lot of time uh, adding links to my emails where i refer back to other emails or refer to other articles and a, and a few people have commented that they really value that additional um effort that I put in because it helps them, you know, if they're really into the email and they really enjoy it, they want to go and explore what I'm talking about. They'll click on some of the links and, and go and go a bit deeper kind of thing. Um, so I definitely keep my eye on that. Um, unsubscribes, I think I, I, I hate to kind of admit it, but it's, um, yeah, I immediately go to unsubscribes and, and pretty much every day I'll get at least, well, not every day, but most days I get one, sometimes two, three. I think the most I've ever got is five or six on an email. Um, but my unsubscribe rate is quite high, and I think that's probably why my my my, my list hasn't grown that much over the last uh, year because there's been a lot of churn. People kind of coming in and thinking, "Whoa, <laughs> this is a lot," and daily they can't keep up, or it's not quite aimed at them, which is fine. You know, I'd rather find people who are um, who are really kind of who who really resonate with this stuff, uh, and those who aren't can can you know float away, and and that's fine. Um, but I do feel like even though my list hasn't grown much over the last twelve months. I have it, and I can't quantify this in any way. And then ConvertKit doesn't have this. I, actually, I think there might be a feature on there where if you pay extra, it's a Creator Pro uh, ConvertKit uh, license, which gives you more, uh, it gives you subscriber scoring to tell you the engagement of your subscribers, which I haven't got that at the moment. Um, so I, but it's more of a feeling. I feel like the people who are on my list now are turning into, tr- more of them are turning into true fans rather than just being kind of quite passive subscribers. Got it. So you mentioned, you know, it's, unsubscribes are not your favorite. <laughs> um, but I'm curious, I'm curious about responses. Do you ever get, well, first of all, do you get a lot of responses in a week? How much time does it take to respond to people? And what do you do when, if or when you get either you know, a negative reply of some kind, like someone just like disagreeable or skeptical or, or argumentative? Yeah, so I just wanted to kind of get your experience uh with the actual interaction the list yeah 
Um, so responses can vary from, you know, n no responses. Although I, I, I would say every email would typically get one response at least. Um, some, some, I think the most I've ever had is maybe like 15 to 20 responses on, on an email. Um, some people write big, long kind of detailed replies saying, you know, telling me a story about something that I've, you know, relating to something I've talked about. Some people reply just saying, wow, that was great. Thank you. Um, so it, it does vary. I very rarely, I've had two or three kind of negative, um, kind of critical emails. I, I've had a, a few that are maybe disagree, um, but they do it very politely most of the time. Um, I've had, I've had like one or two that have been quite almost not hateful, but just almost a bit angry with what I'm saying. Um, which I've, you know, I've saved into a folder and I've reflected on and, and, you know, thought carefully about why they're, why they're responding like that, whether it's, it's coming from a place of, um, trying to be constructive or, or whether they're, they're actually just, you know, there's a bit of ego there as well. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, when, when it comes to, um, processing those, um, some of them I'll just reply with like a, I, I hate to send emails just saying thanks because uh, I feel like it's a, a, a terrible use of emails. I, I feel like <laughs> you, it, it should be assumed that if somebody sends something helpful to somebody else, the other person is grateful for it rather than, you know, if we, if, if every, if every email that just said thanks disappeared off the face of the earth, I think there'd be a lot less emails um, in, in the world. Um, but because people have taken the time to reply to my emails or, or, you know, said something nice, I do generally reply with a thanks. That's great. Or you're welcome or, or what have you. Um, for those that have gone into more, you know, ask me for those that have asked me a question, I'll quite often reply and just say, do you mind if I reply to your question to the list? Uh, and very, very rarely they say no. So most people say yes. Uh, I did something a couple of weeks ago, which was really, um, uh, the first time I've ever done it. And it was really successful actually i uh, had a question from a reader and rather than me answering the question to the list i asked her if i could share her question with the list and she said yes and what i did is i asked the question to the list i said look i've had this question how would you reply and it was my mm, actually i think it was my most um, responded to email i had about 20 people reply saying this is what i would do this is what i would do this is what i would do and and so the next day what i did is i took all of those it took me a long time actually i was kind of like not annoyed, but like, I was like, wow, this is a lot of work, but I took all those answers and I had to kind of edit them. And some of them had written like a page. So I had to take their idea and condense it down into a couple of sentences, but I sent another email kind of highlighting all the ideas that people had shared. And we ended up going on a bit of a journey with those emails. It was turned into like a 10 series, um, email kind of case study where we took this person's project and we kind of hypothetically sketched out how you could take it from start to finish, but it was a really nice series and gave me an idea actually for like a, a series of like workshops that we could do on a similar theme where, uh, you know, we, we, we worked through a hyper, hypothetical project together. Um, but that was a really successful way of, of approaching it. So I'll probably do that more often, but yeah, I generally find if I get a question, if I ask it, you know, ask the list or ask that person, if I can share the question with the list and then answer it to everybody, it's a great way of getting more bang for your buck. Cause you're not, um, just replying to one person. That's very clever. I love that idea. Holding for sirens. You mentioned earlier that you had, I think you said 700 people on your original list. How did you get your initial subscribers, even for the, the non-daily list? Yeah, so it was all through YouTube, I think. I, I used to be uh, quite uh, active on YouTube, probably posted a few hundred videos over a, a few-year period. 
um, realized about around the same time as I started emailing daily that that wasn't the best approach for me just because as I said earlier the, the amount of production time and my lack of ability to stay consistent with that um, and so yeah I think I, I kind of picked up you know people on the way and it'd be interesting to know how many of those initial 700 are still on my list now because I've picked <laughs> up a lot in the last 12 months and I lost a lot as well so there's a, probably a core group of maybe half of that number who stuck around who, who followed me because they enjoyed my my content and, and my my way of thinking uh, but i think a lot of people left um, quite quickly after that because they were like wow this is just too much mm -hmm. and you said that growth is not something you've really focused on but have you is there anything that you do do occasionally that, that you notice brings in more subscribers yeah so i'm active on linkedin i haven't been so active in the last month or two just because of life basically but um when I, I've actually noticed a very specific uh, trend whereby, and I've got quite a big audience on LinkedIn, about 15,000 followers there. But when I post on LinkedIn and then link back to my emails, so I might write a post. And I've, I've um, done quite a lot of research on how to write kind of um, posts that go, uh, are more likely to go, you know, get, get a, a lot of exposure than you know just just writing your thoughts kind of thing so i've done quite a lot of research into the science behind writing a successful linkedin post but if i write a, a linkedin post that's um very specific on a topic and then you know and I, and I spend time crafting it so i'll write it with with nice language i might maybe try and make it kind of humorous and, and really put some thought into it and then at the bottom i'll put in the the ps you know if you enjoyed reading this this post, why not come and subscribe to my daily emails where I, you know, teach instructional designers how to become, you know, business partners, kind of, et cetera, et cetera. I've noticed a direct correlation where if I get a bit very successful LinkedIn post, I can generate. I, I mean, I, I had one um, a few months ago that it was a, it was probably my most successful LinkedIn post, and I think I got about fifty email subscribers off that one post. But I can see a direct correlation between those successful LinkedIn posts and people signing up for my list. So I know that when I eventually free up some more of my time, that's that's going to be my strategy, is to write more consistent LinkedIn posts that will drive people to my email list and it will become that kind of funnel-like structure. Um, the, the, the one thing I'll, I'll mention about that that I'm struggling with at the moment is that because of the creativity involved with writing a daily email and the creativity in, involved with writing LinkedIn posts, I really struggle to do that on a daily basis. I.e., if I spend my exert my creative energy writing a LinkedIn post, I've got less left to write the email. So it's a bit of a kind of a catch twenty two. Where that, whereas I'm like, I, I want to do both because I want to grow the list, but at the same time, where do I expend my energy? And and that's what I said before is I'm trying to focus more on um, making the people who are already on my list fans rather than trying to just attract new people, you know, you know, for the sake of it. So I'm, I guess I'm trying to build the machine first, um, build, build this, build, you know, ensure that I'm, I've got the, the value prop, uh, right first. And then I, you know, I feel confident I can go out and, and, and build a bigger audience later. Yeah, makes sense. Cool. Okay. So as we wrap up here, what sort of businesses do you think would benefit from, running a daily list well good question um well i guess uh, i guess I, I wouldn't think of it maybe from that perspective i would think of it more from a perspective of what are humans interested in you know um what content are humans interested in consuming on a daily basis and what are people into i mean 
I think about my list and and these people who are on my list are working in jobs every day. They, this is their career. They potentially see themselves being in this, this career for the next 30 years. And so they want to excel. They want to be valued by their colleagues. They want to be paid well. They want to, you know, potentially, you know, get promotions and, you know, win awards and all the other things that you might, might, you know, might benefit from as a, as a professional. And, that, you know, at the end of the day, they want to have job satisfaction. They want to have that feeling when they go home at the end of the day that, you know, I did a great job today and, and I'm, you know, a valuable member of society. So I guess anything that somebody is passionate about, um, if you can write about that, and I think it's got to, it's got to be something that you're passionate about as well. Like for me, there's no way I could have achieved, you know, written for 12 months every day. I, I, you know, I live and breathe this stuff. I absolutely love it. I could talk about it all day. And so, um, that's, you know, I, I think if I was trying to force myself to write about something that I wasn't really passionate about, it, it would never have worked. But, you know, there, there are days when I'll, I'll wake up and I've had no sleep and I'll not be feeling great. And the, the idea of doing client work is like horrendous. I'm like, oh, God, I just, I'm just not in the frame of mind to do this. But then suddenly I'm like, oh, I've got to write my daily email. It's like suddenly magically this energy appears. I'm like, oh, I, I can I can probably crank out an email OK today and, I, and, and I'll do it, you know, because I know that I've committed to it and I, I quite enjoy it. So, um, so I think, yeah, any, any business that has, um, customers who are interested in or are passionate about a specific topic, um, uh, would, would benefit. Uh, yeah. I, I, it's probably not the best answer, but yeah, I, I guess, yeah, it, it, it's difficult like to think about how it would benefit, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, your big automotive companies or your Walmarts and things like that. I can't <laughs> imagine how it would work for those types of companies, but for, yeah, for but I mean, even like a locksmith, you know, I mean, in, can you imagine a locksmith who is, you know, going out fixing locks every day? The, the stories that they make must, you know, come back with, with, um, you know, funny stories about, you know, people getting locked out in funny situations and the nuances of the different technologies. And I, I don't know. <laughs> You're I, actually right. Yeah, I feel like there's this, you know, somebody who is a locksmith, right, who's going out and fixing locks every day. That they would probably really love a, an email daily about somebody else who's doing that and, and somebody who's you know a high achiever and who's thought about this you know from from t- for 20 years kind of thing so i don't i don't know i i would read that I, i'd <laughs> read that at least for a week uh cool okay so if you could you know if you imagine the person listening to this show is is on the fence about doing this they're sort of at the edge of the cliff and they can't see the other side but everyone's telling them that it, it might be a good idea this might be a good thing for their business what advice would you give someone like if you could go back and give yourself advice right around the time when you were starting is there anything that comes to mind um i would say do your research um you know try and you know speak to as many people who are doing it currently and, and find out their process find out what's working for them um I would also say that unless you're relatively confident on who you're helping and what you're talking about, you know, it's, it would be difficult. And I think that's definitely something that's um, materialized throughout the last 12 months for me. Like um, I, I'm definitely far more, um, uh, I, I'm far more um, specific about what I'm talking about and who I'm helping now than I was 12 months ago, but I had a pretty good idea of what, what it was then it, it was pretty well defined but it's just become um like polishing a diamond i guess right it's 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 become more specific as as, I've, as time has gone on um 
But the other thing I would say is, you know, you've got nothing to lose. Worst case scenario, and, and I don't know if, if this was is a, what you what you'd recommend, Jonathan, but or what other people have done. But what I did, I just said, look, I'm going to try this for, for. I think I said I'd try it for a month and see how it goes. And um, you know, then you're setting the expectation that after a month you go back to weekly, and if you don't like it, you, you haven't lost anything. And you know, I don't think anybody who was on my list when I started my in fact what I did when I did my first day of my experiment is I actually put a, li, uh, a, li, a button in the email that said if you don't want daily emails for the next month click this button and I'll just keep you on the list but I won't you won't get your daily emails and I actually still have that set up on my emails where at the bottom of the emails it says um, if you don't want to be emailed every day click this button and you just go on to a, a separate kind of segment within ConvertKit so I actually have two segments within ConvertKit now. One is daily, which makes up about, I think there's about 1,250 people. And there's probably about another 200 people who are just on my list. And I just advertise that as important emails only. And I, I maybe just pick one of my better emails each week and just include them on that that email. So that's that mm-hmm. kind of happened organically. But I, yeah, obviously, I, at that time, I had maybe 200 people out of my, well, maybe it was probably less than that, 100, maybe a 15% of people clicked on that link and said, we don't want to, I don't want to get your emails every day, but that, that was fine, you know? And I don't think, I don't remember having a huge unsubscribe rate when I started doing daily. So it, it really it felt like a bit of a, uh, you know, a no lose situation. Great. This has been awesome. Where can people go to find out more about you and maybe even sign up for your list? Yeah, it's antpug.com, A-N-T-P-U-G-H.com. Awesome. Thanks again, Ant. No worries. Thanks, Jonathan. Bye.